Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. You drink deeply of Jesus. Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Come and draw from the well of salvation. Be made clean, let Him wash you in truth. He is the fountain of living water. Come and be made new. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. He can refresh you in the desert where your sin left you lost on the brink. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Him, dear sinner, and drink. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you Come to the water of life You will never thirst again Let all who are thirsty come to Him Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again Let all who are thirsty been lost in the wilderness, chasing nothing but sin and death. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Jesus and live. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Most of you do not consider yourself to be sinners. The widely popular, the widely popular teaching of today is that we all are making progress, we all make mistakes, the blood of Jesus covers us, he loves us, we're on our way to heaven, we're saved. Wrong. 
the majority of American people are sinners and are lost and will never enter the gates of heaven. Now, that sounds harsh, but let's be real. We have lived in a culture of, oh, I just made a mistake. I'm growing. Give me time. Be patient. Wrong. That's just not true. Because that allows us to live in our comfortable little space, eating the bread of the world, feasting on the things that we want to talk about, the things we want to do in the world. But it has nothing to do with Jesus. How about it? Are you lukewarm? Are you dead in trespasses and sins, but you're making progress and you're you're going out every day and you're living your life, but you're comfortable? Or you're not real comfortable, but okay, I've got to go to this job and I've got to do it. I've got to grind out a couple more years or whatever it is until retirement and then I can go do what I want to do. Is that how you live? If that's how you live, you have been you have been deceived. That's not how to live. It's wrong. But there's nobody telling us it's wrong. Everybody says, be all you can be. Go for what you can get. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. Such garbage. How long are you going to live in that kind of an atmosphere in your heart and in your life? Thinking you're doing fine, you've just got to weather the storm and you can finally go to heaven. No, you can't. You'll never get to heaven that way. Do you feast like a king? No, most of you are not feasting like kings. You're you're eating middle class fast food that will never satisfy the real hunger desire of your body or your heart. Jesus talks about this. He talks about it in in the sixth chapter of John. He says in verse 29, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Most of you do not believe in Jesus. Oh, you believe Jesus was real? You believe that he existed? You believe that one day he's going to take you to heaven? You believe that he loves you and that you love him and everything is going to work out just fine? No, it's not. The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Well, what would it mean to believe in the one he has sent? What would it mean? Verse 14. I'm sorry, verse 34. 
Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. They saw Jesus. They saw the miracles. But they were comfortable in their shops. They were comfortable in their lifestyle. They were comfortable in the Jewish religion. They weren't changing anything. And then Jesus says this in verse 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me. There is a coming. If you're going to enter into the kingdom of Jesus, you're going to have to come, not sit, not hold back, not have a divided mind. You're going to have to come to Jesus. What we need today is a come to Jesus moment where we finally drop all the pretense and we say, look, I want Jesus. I can't want Jesus and all of my lifestyle too. I can't want Jesus and all of my Americanism. It won't work. At best, you can end up like the church at Laodicea, lukewarm, deceived, blind, naked, miserable. He says, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. You were born into this world to do the will of the one who sent you. You were knit together in your mother's womb by the power of God. And he sent you here to accomplish his purpose for your life. Then it says, this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up on the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son believes in him and shall have eternal life. I will raise him up on that last day. Well, now the Jews, hearing this, began to grumble about him because he said, I'm the bread that comes down from heaven. They said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph and Mary? We know them. How can he now say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me, draws him. Now the question is, are you drawn to Jesus by your own desires? He's a better deal. He comforts my heart in the midst of my worldliness. Or, be honest. Is Jesus drawing you? Is the Father drawing you? Is it an irresistible drawing to Jesus? Or can you take it or leave it? 
Now, you can't, many of you can't take or leave going to your social place on Sundays or Saturdays. You make your social friendship connections there. It has special meaning because there is there's a touch of the emotional. A good preacher can make you cry or make you laugh. He's very entertaining. That's a good preacher in today's culture. You have some of your favorite music. But is the Father drawing your heart to Jesus? in such a way that you that you cannot resist him anymore. I thank Jesus that many of you are being drawn to Jesus and you can't resist him anymore. He has opened your heart to understand his love, his mercy, his grace. He has shown you the wickedness of your ways. And you've said, I can't continue like this. If I do, I'm not ever going to be one with Jesus. See, a church should grow not because they have great advertising, not because they have the best children's program in town. I know people who actually go to church and explore whether they have a good children's program. And if they don't, they write that church off the list that's not a church you're looking for an entertainment center for your children you're not supposed to have them taught by by others about Jesus it's your job to teach them about Jesus it's your job to show them the model of following after our king of kings and our lord of lords You're to feed them Jesus. He is the bread of life, and it's king's food. Then we come to verse 50. Here's the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may may eat and not die. I am the living bread, that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. The bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Well, how can Jesus possibly give us his flesh to eat? Well, there is the spirit realm and there is the the flesh realm. There is the human realm. We don't eat his flesh in the physical realm. We eat his flesh in the spirit realm. What he gives to us is the bread of life. What he gives to us is the spirit meaning of bread. And if you eat of that bread, you will live forever. Jesus gave On Calvary's tree, he gave his flesh and he gave his blood that when it's moved over to the spirit realm, it opens the way for you to be well-fed by Jesus. 
be taken care of. Now, let's broaden this out a bit. Say I sit down tonight in front of a a movie. Whatever the movie is, it doesn't really matter. It's produced by people who are not Christian. The Marvel movies. The silly movies. The violent. The violent movies. Well, what happens when I sit down? I open my spirit man. Oh, I open my flesh man. But I also open my spirit man. And now I'm going to take in the violence or the silliness or the drama. I'm going to take it into my spirit. How many murders have you watched? How many people fornicating have you watched? What have you watched? All of those things have been indelibly written into your character. And so when you feast on the flesh, when you feast on the carnal man, when you feast on the normal American man or woman or child, they're filling their belly. Most people don't want to sit down and watch two or three movies or four movies, one right after another. No, they've gotten their fill with one. That's all they want. Okay, let's go do something else. What did they just do? They feasted on the devil. See, there are only two sources for bread. One source is the devil. It's called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The other is the tree of life. It's Jesus Christ. So you try to have a nice balance between watching the Hallmark movies or watching the violent movies, mysteries, goth, or you feast on Jesus Christ and the way you feast on Jesus is you read his word. You read his word. This word is his flesh, his blood. This scripture is actually, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. So I have great respect for the word of God. I don't lay anything on it. My Bible is always clear and clean. I don't want to lose it amongst other people's words because the words of the Scripture are the words of the Spirit. They are real. Listen to this. I tell you the truth. This is God speaking. He's going to tell you the truth. Do you want the truth or do you want a lie? 
unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and unless you drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of my Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because because of me, because of Jesus. Just as the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that comes down from heaven. Your forefathers ate the manna and died. But he who feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Let's be clear what we're talking about. We're talking about turning aside from the food of this world, which is the television, the internet, the movies, the violence. It's turning aside from the media. It's turning aside from the cell phone. Oh, you can still talk to people, but but that's not the food. Although for some of you, other people are the food that you consume. You love their ideas, you love their foolishness, you love their their wickedness. I don't. They make me sick to my heart. In fact, you need to begin to separate from many friends and not not talk with them anymore, not commune with them, because they're going to tell you that you're foolish to follow Jesus. They're going to tell you that you should come away with them to the nightclub. You should come away and and drink and drug and dissipation fornication, pornography. They're going to separate, if they can, you from Jesus. And, And one of the ways they can separate you from Jesus is convince you to stop eating the food of Jesus. Stop going to church where the Word of God is taught. Now, many churches, they don't teach the Word of God. but it's separating from the world. And it's feasting like a king on the word of God. If you want Jesus, 
you're going to have to go after him. Some of you, I've heard you say, you're doing the best you can do. You're going one step at a time. You're learning. You're working on your problem areas. Wrong. You don't need strategies for success. You need to deal with the sin embedded in your heart that you're unwilling to even recognize. It means you have to make a radical change in your diet. That you're no longer going to watch or listen or play with the devil. One young woman said to me, But I like all this. Well, what is your son doing while you're watching all of this? Oh, he's, he's there sitting, playing. No, he's not. He's soaking up the wickedness you are feeding him. And you will reap a harvest of evil in your young man's soul when you reach a certain point. You're already seeing the evidence of that. And does he hit mama? Does he yell and scream at mama? You begin to see very early in a child's life, within the first two or three years, you begin to see a dramatic change in a love they have for videos and movies and darkness. And some of you have been feeding your son or your daughter from birth. You've been feeding them foolish videos that are of darkness of wickedness. And as you do that, you're going to reap reap the harvest of disobedience, of selfishness, of anger. After all, that's what they've been watching. And you have been also watching movies with yelling and screaming and murder, sexual violence, And then you expect your son or your daughter to, pro- to produce different fruit in their life? Are you kidding me? You were raised on this foolishness. You were raised on this evil. So, okay. I'm not a sinner. I'm, you know, I'm just, I make mistakes like everybody else. And Really? Is that all this is? Mistakes. No, it's not. It's sin. Sin that will take you to hell. Sin that will cause you to be ineligible for heaven or the presence of Jesus. I heard one preacher say, You say everybody knows what they do wrong. He said, No, they don't. No, they don't. You can sin today 
and not recognize that it's sin at all. You can commit sin today that will keep you from heaven's court and not even know that it's sin. It is so common. It is so part of the normal American life. You have to wake up. You have to wake up and understand what sin is. It's rebellion against Jesus. It is going your own way at your own pace. It is living the normal American life. It is a wicked life. Some of you who call yourselves Christians sit down and spend hours watching total evil on the screen. Or some of you, all you want to do is shop. Or all you want to do is go to work and earn money. I spoke with a man. A man I I love and respect. He says he's a Christian. Well, okay, let's, let's test that. Where do you go to church? Well, my wife goes to church. I can't go to church because I have to work. Why do you have to work so, so much? Well, because somebody has to pay the bills. That's my job. So, I go to work. That sounds noble, doesn't it? Well, you lead your family to hell. So, I decided I'd test him with one more quick question. Do you pay tithe? Oh, my wife pays tithe on her income. What about your income? Well, no, not so much. I've got to pay the bills. Oh, wait a minute. And I stopped there, but this is what I could have said. You're telling me that you serve a God called Baal. Is that true? And he's tough on you, and he demands money payments from you. That, that's right. Sir Baal. Baal is the most pernicious and common God of all of history. Read this, the stories of the children of Israel. They were constantly turning back to Baal or Dagon, or some other foolish god. What god do you worship? And one man said to me, Hey, pastor, I'm God. I'm as good as it gets. Oh, really? Invite me to come to the hospital when you're dying. And let's see how that god handles your death. That God wants you to die. One man said, Pastor, don't talk to me about Jesus. I know all about him. I don't serve him. I'll be gone in two hours. Don't waste my time talking about Jesus. Ooh, wow. 
bold in the face of a king of kings and lord of lords who's soon going to cast you into the fires of hell. Wake up, mister. Stop the games. You're not God. You're a pagan. some point, it'd be wise to wake up and acknowledge our sin and go to Jesus and be absolutely transparent and honest and admit that we are not God, that there is another God in heaven who holds our life in his hands who invites us to be one with him. I just read for you an invitation to eat his blood and to to drink his blood and to eat his broken body in the spirit realm. In the spirit realm. We're going to spend eternity with Jesus in the spirit realm, not in the physical realm. The flesh cannot enter the kingdom of God. You've got to be transformed. You've got to be born from above. You can never enter heaven's gate as a flesh and blood human being. Never happen. You've got to be born from above. There has to be a spirit you that is in absolute accord with Jesus who has left all known sin, all rebellion, all pride and and anger and bitterness and giving in to the, the lust of the flesh. We've got to be changed. We've got to be transformed. And you can only be changed and transformed by repenting before God for your wickedness. by feasting on his broken body and spilled blood, and that is the scriptures. This is where you learn about Jesus. Pastor, it's boring. It's boring because you have satiated your mind with wickedness. You've got to ask Jesus to clean that out, to heal your seared heart. See, this is not a sentimental journey. This is a very real journey, a terrifying journey, where you learn to trust him. I woke up with fear in my heart this morning. Major changes are coming to our radio broadcast. Major changes are coming with my glasses. Right now I have only one lens. Major changes are coming with my car because I don't have a car that works. 
and I do need one. Major changes are coming with my leg that is in the flesh, broken. Major changes are coming in many parts of my life, and I don't like change. But I love change. You hear what I'm saying? I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. But I do know how I'm going to make it through this. You may be going through major changes in your life, too. How are you going to survive? Because I'm feasting like a king on the broken body of Jesus and on his spilled blood. And I'm trusting him to carry me through. I can't make it on my own. I can't heal my body. can't buy my car. I have ordered new glasses. Many changes. Changes that only Jesus can carry me through. Yes, we'll be here. I'll continue preaching the word and being faithful to the word of God. I'll be faithful to confronting you with your sin and calling you to Jesus. I'll be faithful in testifying that Jesus Christ will forgive your sins and wash you and make you clean. There are lots of major changes. The only way I'm going to make it through the next several months is by trusting Jesus. And I want to tell you today without any equivocation, you can trust Jesus. He will work out every situation. He will heal everything of sickness. He will bring people into your life who can accomplish with you what you need to accomplish. You can trust Jesus. And I trust him. I don't know what your situation is today. But I know one thing. There's only one way you're going to make it through, and that is by reading the Word of God. Turning off all of the exterior noise sounds coming into your life from the devil. All video forms coming into your life from the devil. And then you're going to have to pray. Honest, sincere, broken prayers, probably with weeping. You're going to have to get serious with Jesus. And if you do, he'll feed you like a king. You can feast on Jesus. Let's pray.
Lord, there are many who have heard this message who will laugh at it, who will scorn what I have said. They will continue feasting on the things of the world and the flesh and the devil until they find themselves face to face with you on that great judgment day. And they will have no excuse because they heard and they knew. And they will be thrown into the fiery furnace. Lord, there are some today who are sick, who are broken, as I am. There are some today who have marriage issues that cannot be resolved. No human wisdom can put Humpty Dumpty back on the wall. But Lord Jesus, you can. Nothing is too hard for you. And so I come today, put my arms around those who are sick and broken, and bring to you the oil of the Holy Spirit. Bring to you the clear word of the mercy and the grace of our Lord God. And say to you, you can trust Jesus. You can trust Jesus. Turn aside from your own foolishness, wasting your time. There's no life outside of Jesus Christ. There's no nutrient food outside of Jesus Christ. Everything else is junk food that will sicken you and make you die. But you must make a decision. Will you leave your junk food? Will you leave your junk entertainment? Will you turn aside from all that is in the world, the flesh, and the devil? And will you come now solely to Jesus Christ, pleading his mercy, exposing the brokenness of your heart with your sin? No excuses. No excuses. Turn to Jesus alone. He is the bread of life. Thank you, my Lord. Glory, glory, glory to your name. Well, you've been listening to Pastor Ray Greenley. I'm from the National Prayer Chapel. And I am making some changes. I encourage you to find a way to listen to the YouTube on the Internet for this broadcast. If you don't know how to do that, you can do it on your cell phone. Do it on a computer. And if you have trouble, then call me. Let me help you find a way to listen to this broadcast on YouTube and other platforms. 
I'm going to give you my phone number, 703-489-1785. That's 703-489-1785. Let me help you, and if I can't help you, I know Ed Pugh can help you. Every single person listening can find a way to hear this broadcast on YouTube. So before any decisions are made and any transitions are made, start learning how to get to the YouTube. I don't want one of you not be able to have several ways to listen to this broadcast. Lord, I'm going to pray once more for each person who listens or who will listen to this broadcast. I pray, Lord, you will open the way for each one to be able to listen on the YouTube. I pray, Lord, that your mercy will surround each family and each person. Lord, you're the one who provides I ask, please continue to bless the radio ministry as well as the YouTube ministry. I pray, Lord, that you will give us great wisdom and understanding regarding the decisions we must make. Lord, I love you. And yes, I have some fear in my heart. And I know the only way I'm able to deal with that fear is how I've dealt with it today. And that is to come to you with all of the issues and pray through until your spirit quiets my spirit as a mother quiets a restless child. Lord, I know that many who listen to this broadcast desperately need you right now. They need you to touch their bodies, their minds. They need you to come and establish them in yourself, Jesus, dealing with every area of disobedience and every need to be pure before you. Lord, my trust is in you, Jesus. My absolute trust is in you, Jesus. Pray in your holy name. I hope you hear what I'm saying to you today. Walking with Jesus is not by chance. Growing in Jesus is not by chance. It takes time to be made holy. It takes time to be sanctified. It takes time to be healed and restored. Some of you are very broken. I know that. 
I talked to you off air. I just want to tell you the truth. My heart is for you. My heart is for you to get connected tightly with Jesus. I spoke with a man yesterday who has left the faith. My heart has been crying out for him. I love this man. I want him to come back to Jesus. I want him to come and celebrate on Sundays with the fellowship. Some of you have thought about coming. You've been afraid. Don't be afraid. Come. Don't be afraid. You can find us on the internet. And you're welcome to come. We're a house church. I just dumped an envelope. I want you to come. I want you to know that Jesus loves you. Would you come? Would you consider yourself invited and loved? You won't be judged. No one will castigate you. At 5009, Softwood Lane, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22192. Did I give the right address? Yep. You're also welcome to come on Thursday evenings. Going to really be praying this Thursday about what do we need to do to reach Washington, D.C. with the gospel. I wish all of you could come, but I recognize that many of you are in many parts of the world. There are many of you who are here in Washington, D.C. I invite you to come and feast and fellowship, be loved, be cherished. Because that will... That's what will happen at the National Prayer Chapel. Some of you have not been here for a long time. I invite you to come. Now, Lord, as we close this broadcast today, we come with open hands and an open heart to receive you. And Lord, 
I'm so grateful to you. I'm grateful for those who give so kindly and so generously. Thank you, Lord. You can write to me, Ray Greenley, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. That's Pastor Ray Greenley. Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Thank you, Dirk. God bless you, brother. I'll be back, and we'll talk soon.